You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Tuesday. We are back and doing it. Round two for the week. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, we are going to get into it. Michigan versus Ohio State. Um, I'm not. One of my problems is with when, when you're doing this like every day is I don't know how much I'm going to repeat myself from yesterday. So I'm hoping I, I don't too much because it's like these thoughts percolate. Right. And it's like sometimes it's like, is it something I said yesterday or, you know, I have conversations with other people, you know, and, and it just becomes like a whole thing, you know. So hopefully we won't repeat a lot of the same things. But uh, I will tell you that my confidence in Michigan is shaken a little bit. So I'm I, I would it would be a pleasant surprise that I think is what we are looking for. Um, I, I haven't gotten any inside info. I, I guarantee no one really has fully accurate inside info on Blake Corum and his availability. Uh, but certainly it does. There is a tenor of don't expect him per se on Saturday. Now, how much veracity can be put into that? I'm not 100% sure. Um, but it is certainly something to pay attention to and certainly would significantly hamper Michigan's chances against Ohio State, not because they are incapable, but because that is how they have built this offense. Uh, certainly that would play a big role in how Michigan goes about things. And certainly there's conflicting uh, information about Donovan Edwards, uh, about uh, his supposed hand injury, the severity, will he be able to play? It sounds like he'll be able to play, but it's how effective will he be uh, of those kinds of things. When it comes to his ability to catch the ball with like if, if he has, say, and I don't know if he does or not, so don't don't take this as me telling you something and you know don't run with it per se, but if he has like a, some kind of cast on his hand, will he be able to catch the ball? I mean, we saw Roman Wilson being able to kind of do that last year, uh, so I wouldn't preclude it, but... Michigan is kind of limping into this game to some degree, uh, particularly on offense, and that's that's an issue. Uh, I know there are rumors about there out there about Junior Colson. I'm not concerned, considering I saw him sprinting into the uh, into Schembechler Hall uh, on uh, Monday. I, I, I would imagine, unless it's an upper body injury, <laughs> that that's uh, which really doesn't affect the linebacker quite as much, unless it's something that's torn or something like when Ryan Glasgow had a torn pectoral muscle. Uh, but I would imagine that that will be okay, right? So, um, but the, obviously the question is Mike Morris. Uh, he's he's the big question. Everyone else, to my knowledge, may, I, some people think have said some things about Michael Barrett. You know, maybe him as well. But generally, I think that the defense will be good to go. Now, that in a way is the most important thing uh, because... It, if Michigan had lots of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, Michigan wasn't near full strength. It doesn't have to be full, full strength, but if you do have at least a close to full strength Mike Morris and everyone else is pretty much full strength, you've got the rotation up front and everything. You're not necessarily heavily, heavily reliant on just Morris. I mean, you've got plenty of other guys that can go out there and do the job. That is 10 times more important in my eyes than Blake Horham uh, because this this game is going to come down to the Michigan defense versus the Ohio State offense. That's going to be the most important 
aspect. If the Michigan, because as much as we can sit there and say, well, you know, CJ Stroud, he threw for almost 400 yards last year. And, uh, you know, and there, there's a lot of different elements to, to that, that, that passing game that is, are going to be hard to slow. We'll see if the run game is able to, to do anything. Obviously, last year against Michigan, it really couldn't. If you hear squeaking, it's because Zuri found a toy. Um, it, it, there's lots of different things uh, where you have questions about what their offense is going to do. If Michigan can have the type of performance that, say, Notre Dame had defensively against their offense, uh, I don't expect conditions to be like the Northwestern game. But or heck, even to some degree, what Maryland was able to do for ninety nine percent of the game, and you know, then that was pretty much all defensively. Michigan will have an opportunity. So that's the I think that's the key thing. That said, my confidence is shaken. I have kind of gone from being a pretty confident Michigan will go down there and win to. I'm almost certainly, and I have to make my decision by tomorrow uh, when I write my piece for 11 Warriors, uh, that uh, I'm almost positive I'm going to pick Ohio State. Uh, Just because the problem is, when you do build an offense, uh, the way that Ohio State, or, or sorry, that Michigan has built that offense, where it all runs through Blake Corum, while it has been super effective, the fact that it has not been that diverse in the back half of the season from week six on very little diversity. It doesn't give me much confidence that they're suddenly going to be able to break out, especially because it seemed like they were testing out a lot of different things. Now, maybe Blake Corum is fine. Maybe Blake Corum will play no structural damage from what we knew on Saturday night, but those who claim to know anything uh, at the moment are not particularly optimistic. I'm not sure that we will know for sure because it also could be subterfuge because I think there's a lot of things that Michigan is doing that is somewhat playing with Ohio State. I know one thing for sure. We'll tell you after after the game whether it was successful or not, but uh, certainly, uh, I mean, I, I, I will feel okay about the offense if you have a full, essentially full strength, at least 80-plus percent Donovan Edwards. And if CJ Stokes can play as well. And I think that that's not the, the end of the world. I think that that's not optimal given what Blake Corum presents, considering just how good he has been. Uh, but if Michigan's rolling out a bunch of guys, if the offense has a similar personnel look as it did near the end of Illinois, then it, I'm not going to be as optimistic. But I, I do want to share some things, reasons why I do have some optimism here coming up. In just a moment, but this episode has been brought to you by Upside. Uh, Listen, inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, uh, whether it's uh, going out as much, maybe you're not taking as many vacations. If you're a vacation taker, maybe you're cutting back at the grocery store. It is awful. Uh, Could be driving less, dining out less, buying less, like I said, from the grocery store. We can all agree that there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. Uh, To get started, you download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next claim and offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. 
In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating in the App Store. Download the free Upside app today. Use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so I am not completely without optimism going into this game. I know, I know, it kind of felt like it to some degree. Uh, I, I'm not writing, even though I'm I'm leaning towards picking Michigan to lose the game. That doesn't mean, I mean, I picked Michigan to lose the game last year, right? That, that, okay, you know, it, it went a different way. Uh, I'm I'm not saying that I don't think that they can't win the game. Problem is, last year they were really healthy going into the game. They really showed out the week before. Uh, and that was not kind of the case this last week. That said, you know, they've been preparing for this game all year. Uh, we, I confirmed a little bit more if you watched the uh, Blake Corum AMA, which quick disclaimer for those of you that have been that watched it and or watched the replay on my personal YouTube channel. You can find it there uh, that are complaining that he, he didn't address the knee situation. He, I, I was told beforehand that he would not do not ask about it. I at least asked Blake, can I at least say that we're not going to address it. And he said that that was fine, but that was, that was what it was going to be, which is fine. Right. That's, I know people want to know Michigan, even if Blake wanted to be like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm sure that Michigan told him, do not address it given the week. Um, Michigan doesn't have to, this isn't the NFL. They don't have to put out a depth chart. They don't have to sit there and tell, um, anybody, anything. So, um, but, uh, he did confirm that they, they have spent a lot more time like watching film uh, and putting in things in practice every week going in, going throughout the, the year in prep to prepare for Ohio State. So that is and I asked him, I said, is that a marked difference from the past? And he said, yes. So that is encouraging in terms of we could to some degree see a different Michigan team, right? They could have essentially installed a whole new offense, you know, and. Uh, whether it's predicated on Blake's ability or not, then that maybe changes things. But uh, I mean, that that play that Isaiah Gash got the first down on, that was a play that was intended for Blake Corum. So certainly they have guys who can execute these different things. Uh, no offense to Isaiah Gash. You just hope it's not him. Uh, you hope it's uh, someone who's a little bit more proven uh, in bigger games like Donovan. But um, it's uh, uh, that said, I, I do think that that plays a pretty good factor uh, ultimately, the other part, and I was kind of reminded of this when we were talking to uh, Chris Jenkins and Olu Oluwatimi at uh, the media availability this evening, is that the game last year came down to line play. And I still think that Michigan wins the line on both sides. Generally, that is how you, you win games. And Ohio State hasn't necessarily looked like world beaters up front. This still will be... 
a, a big test for both lines, right? This isn't like they're they're not playing some also ran. They're not playing UConn or something like that. They're not playing Colorado State. And certainly Michigan's going to have to find a way to get pressure. But the line play is very crucial, and it looks like they're going to be either full strength or close to full strength on both. So that is, I think, potentially very key, right? Because if they can go and say, not just play at the level that they've already played all year, but take things up a notch, which is a possibility in a game like this. You know, I mean, Ohio State could do it too to Michigan. You know, Ohio State could suddenly play like world beaters on the line and suddenly we're looking at their offense and defense and saying, what happened? Uh, why is it so much better? Uh, but if Michigan can go out there and take things up a notch and execute, you know, just as well, if not a little bit better, I mean, that's a Jim Harbaugh thing. If you want to get better at something, maybe work a little bit harder. That's one of the things he says uh, at least uh, every other week. Uh, then certainly there's an opportunity for Michigan to, uh, to to win regardless of any injuries. The next thing, it, which had me, it gives me a lot of pause on picking Ohio State going into this uh, this next game, is the confidence level coming out of Ann Arbor. I mentioned this uh, on Monday's show. Jim Harbaugh. I've never seen him as confident and maybe even playful the week of Ohio State. With Ohio State and Michigan State, it's always very solemn, very somber, regardless if Michigan is favored to win. It's always, we've got a big challenge ahead of us. Uh, we're going to have to play our best. This time, he's like, he. It, it's like almost like you had to remind Jim when talking about, uh, when talking about Ohio State's personnel, it's like, hey, you know you coach Michigan, right? Because you you sound like really excited about what they're capable of. So that's one element. But then even talking to the players tonight, they just it's it's a, there's a big difference from what we used to see when we'd go to this Tuesday night press conference. It's less hope and more confidence. And it's not just confidence, it's like it's not arrogance, certainly, but it is like we know what we're going to do. They kind of had that last year as well, but it was still a little bit more hope because none of these guys that were on the team last year had ever beaten Ohio State. Now you do have a situation where these all of these players, with, with the exception of the freshmen, know what it's like to beat Ohio State. And very few players know what it's like to lose to Ohio State. There are players that know, right? And it's your seniors. Mike Sainer still knows what it's like to lose to Ohio State. He was on that 2019 team. and But you look at, look at them as well. It's not a lot of those Ohio State players don't know what it's like to beat Michigan. If Michigan goes and gives them everything they can handle, one team is going to know for sure that it can go out and get the job done. That leads me to the next point that gives me some confidence is that Michigan found a way to have a comeback victory this year after just dominating uh not finding yourself in a dogfight all year can have some negative consequences because you don't know how you're going to handle yourself in that type of situation until you're in it last year you could feel confident that they were going to be able to to do it because they had it against nebraska and they came back and stole that game away from nebraska they did the same thing against illinois this this last week so after not being in a, any kind of deficit in the fourth quarter all year long, they finally found themselves in a live situation where they were able to 
find out what they have, what their medal is. That's good news, considering that they won. That is good news. Because you, you can look at a team like Nebraska as proof of what it's like when you don't know how to close out a game. Not as much this year as last year, but finding yourself winning in the fourth quarter, being up in all of these games, only to, uh, to find yourself on the, on the wrong end. That's not great. You know, you, when you're going to get to this point where you're like, here we go again, instead of having that confidence and faith in yourself that you're going to be able to do it. I think Ohio state had had that in the Michigan game for years and years. Michigan has had late leads against Ohio state last 20 some years. And yet often squandered them away. You know, you look at 2016, you look at 2005, you know, you look at some of those games and it's like they, you know, Ohio State knew how to close out. They never would lose faith. Michigan might be a little bit different, right? Because they haven't, a lot of those guys haven't beaten Michigan. CJ Stroud hasn't beaten Michigan. Travion Henderson hasn't beaten Michigan. Mayan Williams, I'm assuming has, um, but I'm not, I don't know what his, his deal is as far as all that's concerned, you know, but there's a lot of those players, JT Tumalau, Tommy Eichenberg. Zach Harrison, no, Zach Harrison was he, he, he might have been on that 2019 team, but, um, you know, a lot of those guys don't have that experience. So that, that counts for something. And again, I just feel like Michigan is, they've got something up their sleeve. Ohio state I'm sure does as well, but I don't feel like Ohio state when they prepare for Michigan, I don't feel like it's going to be like this wild, different, like you're going to see some wildly different stuff. I feel like it's, with with them, they are who they are. Come out and and see if you can beat it. Michigan, I feel like when it comes to the Ohio State game, it it's going to be a little bit more of a, uh, you know, suddenly you see things that you hadn't seen all year. I don't feel like you really necessarily are getting that from Ohio State on a year by year basis. Maybe twenty eighteen, yeah, you you got that a little bit, but most of the time, uh, it it doesn't feel like suddenly you're getting these wildly different looks and wildly different schemes and things of that nature. Um, so. I do think that there is some subterfuge. I feel like that there is more than a quiet confidence. I would say it's a kind of loud confidence coming from Ann Arbor. That could play a difference. Let's continue talking about it here momentarily. Uh, but before we do, uh, this episode of Lockdown Wolverines brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net, and if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. I think the biggest key for Michigan heading into this Ohio State game, well, there's two, a couple different keys, right? Of course... You know, how the defense plays against the offense. Uh, how, you know, who does Michigan have to be able to score? Because it, it, it's all good and well if you if you have a, uh, a defense that is stopping them, but your offense can't sustain drives. 2016 is pretty high proof of that, right? That would, that having Blake Corum is the elixir to the issues that Michigan faced in 2016. Um could the defense have a similar performance? I, I think it's possible, not necessarily probable, but Michigan is the number one defense in the country. Certainly, I don't, you know, maybe not as tested as the 2016 one, but when you look at the numbers, it's it's pretty it's pretty high up there in terms of what they've been able to do on a per game basis. 
Uh, if Michigan is able to stall Ohio State out often, then that's a good news. But they need to figure out a way to uh, put the foot on their neck in some ways, Ca- cause them to make some mistakes. Ohio State doesn't make a ton of mistakes offensively, but they've made I've seen them make a few, a few more than Michigan tends to make in terms of uh, we've seen C.J. Stroud make some really errant throws in, in terms of turnovers. He doesn't make a ton. Again, this is not like it's not like he's turnover prone. He's not Graham Mertz, uh, but um, certainly I, I feel better in general uh, about Michigan's uh, lack of turnovers. Uh, so what Michigan needs to do is start fast. That's the absolute thing that they, they need to do on both sides of the ball. Do what you did last year. Go up seven to nothing, whether you got the ball first or not. Go up seven to nothing. Force them. If you can force them into a three and out, all the better. Set the tone for how the game is going to go. And then from there, that you know, you, you hope that you can keep things going. But the second part of this, something that we've been talking about all year that did not come to fruition last week, second half adjustments, especially defensively. Because Ohio State is a team that can pile on in the second half. We have seen it. We have seen it in this game in 2018. We have seen it this year. I mean, you can count Iowa, I guess. Technically, they scored 26 points in each half. But Iowa only scored their 10 in the first. Iowa's offense, obviously, was responsible for a lot, you know, some of their own points as well as some of the Ohio State's points. But Penn State, some of those games... Ohio State has, does have the experience of being down in the fourth quarter, nonetheless on the road against a Penn State team that at least considers it a rival. So it, it is incumbent upon Michigan to be able to go into the horseshoe and not have the same kind of third quarter implosion that it had defensively. It, it needs to look like it has in the third quarter almost every other time. Michigan is going to need to keep the keep the ball when they're on offense. And I think in order to win this particular game, given what we think is possibly happening in the injury front, they're probably going to need to force a turnover of their own, especially because they won't have the crowd behind them. Uh, though, I mean, Michigan's played very good on the road. That's continued to play very good on the road this year like it did last year. And again, the intangibles, it does feel like there's something special. This happy mission, happy warrior, all of that stuff. Again, I just feel like there is something we do not know. And maybe I'm being Pollyanna about it in the sense of I'm just being very like high in the sky. And it turns out that uh, no, Ohio State's just that much better. But we, you know, Ohio State's got all these things uh, that are just, you know, better, but. I know that Michigan's been confident. I know that they've had some things that I consider subterfuge going into the game. It's just a matter of what else is there. And and a lot of people out there will say, mano a mano, Michigan can't beat Ohio State. I don't know that that's true. You know, Michigan's scheme kind of seems poised kind of on both sides to be able to take advantage. But at the same time, we're going to have to probably see a heck of a lot more passing. I don't know that Michigan's going to get that 250 yards rushing. It's accustomed to getting in this game based off of whether or not 
Blake Corum's able to go, and if he is, how effective is he going to be? If he can only run in a straight line and can't make a heck of a lot of cuts, then that's probably a problem. But, you know, if if Donovan's capable and they run a bunch of stretch plays, I mean, people say he doesn't run in between the tackles. We've seen, we've seen him do a pretty good job doing that. You know, may, maybe C.J. Stokes is, you know, if the offensive line can open those holes, Ohio State underestimates number 23, then may, maybe things can get a little interesting, you know. Certainly, they thought they were going to shut down Hassan Haskins last year. You know, all's, all's we heard going into the game last year is their run defense is so much better. Whatever happened uh, against Oregon, that's been fixed. Everything's fine. Kerry Combs is not calling the shots anymore. Things are great. And then Michigan said, uh-uh. So, it'll be interesting to see if, I mean... And I'm also not necessarily sold on Dallin Hayden if he's the one who has to start for them. Like I said yesterday, he he was able to get against Maryland what Maryland gives up. At credit to him for going out there and being able to do it. But I mean, it's not like yeah, their their guy went out there and and did that against the number one rushing defense. Michigan's what number two rushing at the moment after uh, letting Chase Young get 140 yards. Little bit different, Chase Young and Dallin Hayden. A little bit different, I think, even Chase Young and Mayan or Travion. So Michigan's going to have to find a way to be who it's been, potentially with some players out. I do think that, I, I mean, I don't know on Blake Corum. I just don't. He did not tell me yesterday. Uh, I, so I don't know uh, on Blake. Uh, I don't know on Donovan, but it, the, the tea leaves indicate that Donovan will play. I, I feel like Luke Schoonmaker could have played. I feel like Colston Loveland has been really coming on lately. A lot of people have pointed out he's been open seemingly on every play. I've, that's certainly been the, the, the case. Can JJ go out there and settle himself down, keep his feet from getting happy, and make the throws? We've seen it this year. There will be people who tell you we haven't seen it. We have seen it this year. It's been sparse. But we saw it last year. If you go back and even against Ohio State, he made a beautiful throw into double coverage. Uh, I think it was to Roman Wilson. Uh, he needs to be that JJ again. All bets are off if he's that JJ. If he's that JJ, if if he can go out there and suddenly out Ohio State, Ohio State, well, it's a possibility. You can throw on Ohio State. The question is, can Michigan receivers catch the ball? They have not done that great of a job doing that, uh, which worries me given 2019. You had like eight straight drops. That's never ideal. It's possible. I don't know that it's probable. I would put the Michigan win into questionable. Lots of questions I have that aren't going to be answered until 12-14 on Saturday. That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back uh, with a crossover episode with Jay Stevens from Locked on Buckeyes. Thursday, the mailbag. Friday, uh, I would guess, say, uh, some kind of preview. We'll see if we can't get somebody on for that one. I know I said no guests. That Considering this was kind of a preview, a quasi-preview, we have no more press conferences this week. Um, I think we'll we'll try to get somebody. Anyway. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you for watching and we're listening. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.